So it's Wednesday the 19th of December 2007, nearly said 2008. <laughs> and we're winding up our studies on the fruit of the Spirit and hopefully we'll be looking at the Beatitudes next year, if the Lord will. Uh, and those of us who want to have probably got the book. Um, but I will be using other material as well, even though that we will be primarily looking at Bob Mumford's book, um, whatever it's called. The King and You. But we will be looking at other things so that we go through the Beatitudes and see what our Beatitudes are like, if you see <laughs> what I mean. We've had a bit about Beatitudes this morning already. <laughs> see what my Beatitude is like. So Psalm 144 says, What's man? Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. My loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and the one in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him, or the son of man that you're mindful of him? Man's like a breath, his days are like a passing shadow. Bow down your heavens, O Lord, and come. Touch the mountains and they shall smoke. Flash forth lightning and scatter them. Shoot out your arrows and destroy them. Stretch out your hand from above. Rescue me and deliver me from out of great waters. From the hand of foreigners whose mouth speaks empty worthless words and whose right hand is, is a right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song to you, O God. On a harp of ten strings I will sing praises to you. The one who gives salvation to kings, who delivers David his servant from the deadly sword. Rescue me and deliver me from the hand of foreigners whose mouth speaks vain words and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. It's interesting he repeats that. That our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as corner pillars, pillars not pillows, sculptured in palace style that our barns may be full, supplying all kinds of produce, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields, that our oxen may be well laden, that there be no breach in or going out, breach or breaking in or going out, that there be no outcry in our streets. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. It just jumped out at me this morning because it was in my daily reading from verse 9 on I will sing a new song to you, O God, on a harp of ten strings. Um, the only way when you're right in the middle of it is to sing a new song. It's no good crying out for deliverance. Sing a new song. What was the other one? Oh, one, two, six. Thank you, Lord. Well, this was particularly for the guys, um, but they're not here, actually. This is a shame. Uh, Psalm 126 When the Lord brought back those of the captivity of Zion we were like those who dream then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing then they said among the nations <clears throat> the Lord has done great things for them the Lord has done great things for us whereof we are glad bring back our captivity O Lord as the streams in the south those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, it's a continual 
thing is not just once bearing seed for sowing shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him so I, I just got those two psalms this morning to sort of kick things off really so we're looking uh, at the tail end of the fruit of the spirit and, and I need to um, as a postscript to, to last week you remember I went on at length about Stephen and Michelle and I wondered why I couldn't seem to lay the whole business down because it wasn't like me I was trying very hard and I did something I rarely do on a Wednesday evening and I listened to um, the talk in the morning and I heard myself going on about the situation and wondered why it was so important to me I thought why am I why is it if it's right on top with me what's going on here I'm usually consumed with the Lord I'm not consumed with uh, you know no man that warreth entangleth himself with affairs of tomes it says in the King James in Timothy um, and, and I'm not normally because I am at war and I'm on the front line concerned with what's going on there but there was something that was like an arrow sticking in me that would not let me free from it so as usual I said to the Lord you know deal with me severely and correct me ruthlessly what's, what's going on and eventually I found that what he was showing me was that I was still very angry with them both and I was in pain so there were two things and I didn't care if I never saw Michelle again and I rehearsed a number of things I'd like to say to her one-liners, short but pithy sentences I really felt I'd had enough because this is not the first time I've come up against this so over the next couple of days I tried to work it through but I could not get my peace back. I woke up on Saturday morning feeling that something had changed inside myself and I prayed that my heart wasn't being hardened over what had happened because I could sense a change in here and I instinctively knew that that was not a good feeling. Something was forming inside me and it was hardening there and I thought this won't do I had someone here and there was a need for, for further deliverance uh, session on Saturday and on Sunday uh, but while I was in prayer and I was in torment mentally I suddenly realized that I hadn't forgiven them I mean you'd think I'm teaching on it all the time but I don't experience it very often because unforgiveness is not a problem with me I usually forgive and forget and that's it and when people say well I think well, you're banging on about it for it's gone so I have experienced what it's like being handed over to the tormentors when you don't forgive someone. It is absolutely awful. So I immediately proceeded to do so and to release them, not only forgive them but release them. I just felt everything go from wanting to stick pins in her picture the night before. I mean I felt spiteful. I was vicious. I looked at her and saw her as beautiful. Absolute complete transformation in my thinking and then my viewpoint and I went on with uh, my day only to find that the lady staying with me needed to do just the same thing because these things have a habit don't they of having a knock-on effect so I came down the stairs bawling my eyes out explained to her what was going on she started to cry because she saw there were three people that she needed to forgive so we had a jolly good deliverance session because she forgave them before we started so that was good everything popped out 
but it wasn't all over. Towards the end of Sunday I found myself again in pain emotionally. I could not figure it out. Though I wasn't in torment here, there was a pain in here. I was puzzled. I examined myself. Was I not forgiving them again? What was, what was going on? At about 20 to 9, young Richard, you know, the second-hand furniture business, rang me. And at the, to update me on the lady and the man that have got saved recently at Laddingford and how the deliverance had gone and how it was all going fine and various bits and pieces going on there. Just as he was about to finish the call, out of the blue he said, uh, How's Stephen? I burst into tears. I told him everything. And he prayed for the arrows which had come into my heart to be removed and for the manipulation and control to lift off of me. Because there's a strong spirit of Jezebel working, really working, uh, on, uh, with, with Michelle. I mean, it's, it, we say, oh, it's a Jezebelic spirit, but this one really is. Um, because of her, and I'm not making excuses for her, but her woundedness, um, because her mother died around about this time of the year and the rejection that she seems to carry the Jezebelic spirit's got a real platform for working through Stephen and through him to me I don't know whether it was last Wednesday evening you may not have heard this he phoned me and gave me such an earful on the phone about not being the grandmother I should be and he was going to come and talk to me after after Christmas you see, it's the injustice of it that was getting me because um, I haven't seen uh, Michelle and Stephen since October time. And when I ask if I can see them, they're too busy. But the accusation is that I don't spend enough time with, with the, with the uh, grandchild. So you can see the manipulation that goes on there. What's actually being said is, I want you to be this. If you won't be that, I won't let you see her. That's actually, or him. Anyway, he gave me an earful. <laughs> to the extent that when I came downstairs from the phone call, sitting at the meal table, I could not remember who, the name of, I couldn't remember Amanda's name. It had sort of blown into my head so much that I, I I could see if I, I cannot remember a name. Could not remember. It was just completely gone. The power of what came down the phone was so great. Uh, and the Lord said to me it, that, that it, it was a hail of, of arrows or bullets coming at me. And of course, because it's your own and it's mm -hmm. close, you're open. Mm -hmm. So you straightway get, you get the lot. And my shield was not there. It just... So I've got all these arrows sticking out. So he, he prayed for this and I was free. But it wasn't over because again, yesterday, I was beset this time by the sadness of it all. And that Stephen could be party to what Michelle was saying and doing. So as I sought the Lord, I heard him say, you're in a battle with Jezebel on two fronts. And someone actually came on Monday night, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Someone we've never met before. Little Mauritian girl. Mm -hmm. 
and she walked in here and I think as soon as she walked in the door she started prophesying and the first thing she prophesied was that we were that there was a tremendous battle going on there was a tremendous attack going on here uh, on the ministry on the building on everything she said you know you're absolutely beset on every side she was so totally accurate and she, she prophesied over Joyce so accurately things that we didn't know but Joyce did won't tell her to her shame absolutely <laughs> absolutely, needless absolutely needless to say you're beautiful that's enough said for that one uh, but she was ever so accurate about what was going on and of course God had said to me you're on a battle with Je uh, Jezebel in two fronts on your, fam on your family and um, from the deliverance side of things because there's been some massive deliverance going on here recently and in fact um, I'm surprised Ian and Val aren't here because uh, they were having some problem um, but he said to me don't be moved from your place in me that is the intention of the enemy to get you out of the spirit and into your flesh mm. and I sort of saw like it's very difficult to describe but like two a couple of discs and I was one disc and I was sort of coming out like this and when he said that to me I thought I'm going back in because the enemy was actually getting me out from the secret place to where I would be really vulnerable liable to say and do things that I didn't mean to say and do so I went back to him in again and hid <coughs> so what's the point of all this I mean there has been more this morning and more last night really the point of it all is that God has allowed all this so that I might learn about things he said to me I had to let you experience what it felt like to have mental torment what it felt like to have emotional pain what it felt like um, to, to be misunderstood and he said I want you to stand still under being misunderstood don't defend yourself be misunderstood very hard because you're thinking this is unjust this is just not fair it's not right um, I prayed about whether I should phone Stephen and Michelle no you ring when I want you to ring I'll ring you I'll tell you when to ring so okay let's put that one to rest I was also very concerned about um, Val and Ian because Val has had something that's been shaking her about for weeks she came here she got a degree of freedom but there's a lot of other stuff going on and, and uh, what you have to discern when you come into a circumstance is as I'm always saying who's doing what to whom mm. and sometimes that takes time you have to sit still under the hand of God till he pleases to tell you what's going on don't try to take the law into your own hands don't try to pray breakthrough prayers when it's not a breakthrough prayer that's needed because he can be doing anything mm. um, I mean, I I felt so under pressure last night about, I don't know, what time was it when I disappeared? Half past eight-ish, maybe? Mm -hmm. The internal pressure here was huge. Mm -hmm. And eventually I said to the Lord, is this you? Come away with me. So I went upstairs and I played that CD. And I listened to it, I think, pretty well almost right the way through. And I really for the first time in a number of weeks was able to just be with the Lord because the pressure on the ministry here has been huge um, 
and the expectation has been huge and I realised that I was fearful about Ian and Val coming this morning because I had no permission to go in and do anything about the demonic thing that is in her or was in her, maybe it's gone now, I don't know and so I knew I would be between a rock and a hard place because if he didn't give me permission I would still have their pressure you're the only one that knows what to do you're the only person we can come to all this stuff but in my heart I felt God was saying something to them so I phoned June and she had a prayer reminds me you're going to give me a bit of writing this morning aren't you Yeah. because I felt he was calling particularly Ian's attention to something which was he needed who's coming? Gina. Oh Gina. right. It's funny that they're not here. Um so I had so many circumstances that I had to sort I had this the personal one with my family and Jezebel coming in there. I had the pressure from um Ian and Val, you're the only person that can do this. No. It's God that does it anyway. There's the whole situation with Joyce, which is an ongoing worrying thing for us, you know, naturally, because we're close, so I don't want to see her suffer. So there's all these things. But he's shown me um, the, the, the reality of forgiveness, of the need for healing when the person has done the forgiveness, of the reality of the spiritual <coughs> battle that we're in see there's physical things there's spiritual battles and also just this morning is revealed to Joyce and I don't know how much I can say of this or, uh, or revealed to Joyce overnight the physical effects of bitterness and resentment in your body um, he gave me the other day the scripture um, many of you are weak and sick and some of you have gone to sleep which is about taking communion without examining yourselves now if you take communion with a wrong heart attitude it will bring sickness on your body as sure as night follows day eventually it will bring you into a place of sickness and what God revealed to Joyce last night was that some stuff, bitterness, resentment held for many, 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 many years was what was causing the problem in the right breast. Because she went into, uh, what's his name's book, you know? Henry. Henry's. Henry Wright's book. And there it was. If it's the left breast, most often it's family issues. If it's the right it's somebody else you're holding resentment to and the word that God had given me was that it was a malignant attitude a malignant attitude so it's like this morning I was so uh, last night I was just so um, here in here the pressure in here he will not suffer you to to uh, um, with to, to what's the what's the to be tempted above that you're that able. with above that which you're able. I nearly burst last night with the pressure on my internals. Um, 
and majorly it felt like it was the Valenian issue and the Stephen issue that's what it felt like and of course overlaying that was the Holy Spirit wanting me to get away <coughs> and come into a place of peace that's why I said that sort of peace only comes through pressure doesn't come pill form as you make your choices in the pressure so you come into a place of peace the other thing is that this morning when Joyce said to me what she said about the um, what God had shown her I was thrilled to bits went upstairs to get dressed and something started to shift off of every cell in my body because I believe that most of the resentment and bitterness has actually been pointed at me and what God was showing me there was that there is that the person who is the, uh, against whom the resentment is held actually receives something in their body too but that has yet to, to, to be verified I haven't had a chance uh, to speak to Joyce or pray with her about it I've always taught that if you hold unforgiveness it's only you that's hurt but actually I'm now seeing that I without realizing it every cell in my body was holding something and I felt like I shrank upstairs like toxins were draining out of my feet I felt that somebody had opened two drains and that which was held in my body was draining out because we're talking about 17, 16 years that's how long we're talking about, 91 when this whole thing started I said to Joyce I think you've got to go back to the beginning I'm not trying to, to hold her up to anything except this is it's like a tick there was nothing in my heart except that I didn't even know I was going to share this this morning mm. but the reality is of our attitudinal sins can hold people in so much bondage it is unbelievable um, I mean it, it, there's nothing in my heart at all I just wow it's my, my response to that is wow would you Adam and Eve it I'm, I'm, I'm really praying that this thing will go away now you know that that's my prayer that it will go as a result of what has been uncovered but look how much it has taught us in the seeing of it I mean so much so much and not the least of which that, that how our unforgiveness physically affects someone else because the thoughts and 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 the bitternesses and, and the resentments and the angst have power even if it's up here mm. I know that because you don't even have to speak to the enemy you can think it and he knows so if, if you can do that in the spirit realm there's something else happening when you're holding you know bitterness resentment anger whatever it is you're holding against someone else this is why it's so important and I wondered why he'd given me that scripture you know uh, this is why some of you are weak and sick and have even fallen asleep we're coming into a time I believe where he is going to cause us to toe the line with his word not because of legalism but because he wants to do something through his church 
that is magnificent. And if we are not absolutely clean, there is nothing he can do. Joyce had a dream the other night. It was a good one. If I can remember it, tell me if I'm wrong. The first frame was like a, a concrete base of something being laid. It was laid. Mm. It was laid. It had been laid. There's the, there's the foundation in. Oh, no other foundation can any man lay. Then she went into a rather dark, tunnelly place, wasn't it? Not ever so dark, but darkish mm. and narrow. And someone walking with her, talking to her. She said it was the agent. That's mm. it. I thought, Holy Spirit, thinks I. Comes out the other end, she's in a room with other people, unbelievers and believers, she said. And from the radio, a uh, man was speaking. Then he came out with a loud tongue, and the interpretation was I will make you fishers of men. Joyce immediately says something about revival. I said, No, think on. Foundation is what is in in her life, but there's nothing built yet because God has had to go right down to the bedrock of where the problem started. So even though there might have been some nice little bits of building, that's had to be raised to the ground so that it can be built upon. Dark tunnel is the place she's going through at the moment, but the Holy Spirit is there with her. He is the agent. Believers and unbelievers, church. Because there's large dobs of unbelief in all of us. I will make you fishes of men, you ain't going to do it. That was what that spoke to me was. That up till now Joyce has been trying to do everything. And it came out loudly, I am going to do this thing, okay? I am going to do it. So I've, that was my interpretation of the dream. If anybody gets anything else, be grateful. Uh, but the interesting thing was, it wasn't that until we were actually in the hospital that I suddenly, it, the believers and unbelievers bit plopped, where they were all listening to this tongue coming over the radio. And I said, that's the church. That's not unbelievers, unbelievers. There is so much unbelief in the church that that word needed to come out to say, it's going to be me, folks. Mm -hmm. I will do, not by might, not by power, mm -hmm. but by my spirit, I will do everything that needs to be done. Okay. Thank you. Right, little poem from Philip Keller back to the fruit my life is a garden your life is a garden is it a waste untilled and wild like an untaught untrained child or is it good soil under the master's hand is my soul his own cherished land is it grown thick with thistles and weed or has it been sown with his good seed what is the harvest that comes from this life goodness and love or hatred and strife. Lord, take this stony ground of mine, make it all completely thine. Only then can it ever yield the pleasant fruits of a godly field. 
So here we are, as I said, at the end of the year and at the end of the studies on the fruit of the Spirit. And we started uh, the study with the fruit of love and we saw that self-control and love were like bookends, keeping the rest of the fruit together. We saw that self-control was the bringing of the whole self under the benevolent dictatorship of the Holy Spirit, allowing him to live his life through us. We become governed by God himself, no longer two lives to be lived, but one. Our entire lives, every aspect, spiritual, mental or physical, become subject to the sovereignty of God's Spirit. We can say with the centurion soldier, I too am a man under authority. That's Matthew 8, 9, I hope, and Luke 7, 8. The running of my affairs, my attitudes, my actions have been relinquished and turned over to God's gracious spirit. The gardener has come in through the gate into my garden and the ground of my being is entirely his to do with as he wills. It is his to produce the fruit he desires without hindrance from me. It is he who alone has the right to control the crop production. It is he who decides what shall be done in every area of his garden. My soul is his completely. I can hear you saying I'm not there. None of us are, but this is what we're aiming for. We are all works in progress and works in process. Our part is not to hinder that work and make it hard for the gardener to loosen the soil. Our attitudes, thoughts and words are the things that will hinder. Our mindsets become set in concrete. We will not have it any other way. This is the way I want it. But it's no longer I but Christ. I've got a wallpaper on my computer with a man running and six lighted candles chasing him. <laughs> and the caption is, you can run but you can't hide. Some of us have spent our lives running from the dealings of God, resisting him at every turn. Can we agree to stop? It's so short-sighted. I'm not going to go into it, but as you can see from what you've heard this morning from Joyce, that he will catch up with you in the end. So why waste time running away? Graham Cook would say, you're just silly. In my experience, the Lord keeps going deeper in our lives until he touches a foundation of reality, which was the foundation in Joyce's dream. Mm. He's touched that foundation of reality and then he begins <clears throat> to build the new person and he will not hesitate, beloved, to bring all that is necessary into your life to form Christ in you. But first, he will remove the rubbish. So recapping on what we've seen, do you remember that we saw for years we've seen salvation as paint and wallpaper? Redecorating the old man with various spiritual experiences and outward religious activities. And probably the most difficult to deal with I have found in my experience is those that come into salvation very young and see Jesus as some sort of spiritual Santa Claus who always wants to bless them and answer their prayers. Conversely, they sometimes think that he is a schoolmaster with a stick behind his back. So you get two extremes. 
but the one with the Santa Claus is when the going gets tough and the reality hits, they are disappointed with God. They do not realise it's they that had a false view of him, but regard him as having let them down. So what we've got is a God of our own making. The reality is that salvation requires renovation and restoration of the whole man. In Christ carries far more implications than whether or not we're going to heaven. As someone said to me the other day, all I'm concerned with is going to heaven and living a decent life and a decent standard of living here and going to heaven. I said, well, tough, really, because God's got another agenda. Sorry about that. Dream on. Dream on, yes. Thank you, whoever said that. Dream on, that's right. Dream on. When Paul said we were a new creation, he was speaking about our participation in the whole redemptive plan and process for creation, which began with Christ's resurrection. When we are truly in Christ, we live as part of a new order, a new race, a new creation, a new nation, and most importantly, a new government. In Christ, all of the old things must pass away because they're not compatible with the new order. Paint and wallpaper isn't enough. We can fool ourselves and we can fool other people, but we can't fool him. If anyone had looked at Joyce and I a few months ago, they would have said, Joyce is the soft one and I'm the authoritarian one. Because that's what it looks like from the outside. Because I actually have to bring the words of the Lord and sometimes people don't like it. But I'm between a rock and a hard place so I have to bring the word that I have to bring. I have to withhold at times like I was having to withhold from the people who wanted the deliverance and God said you don't have permission. So you're stuck with the faces. But in actual fact as has been proved by Joyce's little experiences that she's going through now it's hearts that God looks at and to look at us from the outside and make a, a, a snapshot judgment would be completely wrong because you actually get the reverse of how God sees it that's not a condemnation of my sister I'm saying to you you can never look at the outward if you're in ministry you learn not to see what people are giving you. The pious. God said to me, you can always tell where they are, just listen for what their time is like when they spend their time with me. That will give you a little benchmark to see where they're at, where, what they need, how far they've come. So, sooner or later you'll hear me say, you know, what's your time like with the Lord then? You know, how, how much time do you get to spend with him? You know? What's your percentage of answered prayer? Do you hear him? Little questions. Give me the... Because that is what is important to the Lord. Never mind what circumstance people have brought to me. What I need to see is, where are they with him? Because that's all that matters. Everything else he'll sort. It isn't whether Joe Bloggs has said this and stuck a knife in me back and I've got this and they've done that. That's it, absolutely just got to cut right the way through that and find out where their heart is because that's what he's on about. So paint and wallpaper isn't enough. He's not impressed with the things we're impressed with. 
Uh, one dear one phoned me the other day and they'd spoken to someone that was a mutual acquaintance of our both and said, uh, I don't think they're in a very good place. I said, no, haven't been for years actually. Uh, but the person to whom I spoke thought that this other one was in a very good place, very spiritual. Oh yes. And I thought, can't say anything about that because to say anything about it will sound like criticism. I've just got to wait. So I let three, four, five years go by. <laughs> and suddenly, just when you're not thinking about anything, they phone up and say, I don't think they're in a very good place. No. That's good. Glad you've seen that. Because the thing is that we get impressed with people. We get impressed with their so-called gifting. We get impressed with their ability to prophesy. Don't ever do that. It's fruit. It's not gift. You can be totally led astray by looking at the gift. I've only got to hark back to um, the church that, that had the church quake and the leadership there. One man, two, two of them were on our, um, one was on our council of reference and one was one of our trustees. And the one that was a trustee fully supported this the person that was uh, on the um, council of reference and he was the leader because he was so charismatic and I thought he might be charismatic but there's something severely wrong with his character he was impressed by what he perceived to be anointing I think it was just force of character he was just a forceful man and he was determined to make something because his father had been a powerful preacher and he wanted to be the same but it was all man's effort so don't be impressed with people and he won't have us trying to impress other people either with what we want to impress them with we have dressed up many substandard areas of our lives with religious fervour, paint and wallpaper, when his intention is to tear out and rebuild anew. And he will only build on the foundation he's put there, which is Jesus. On no other foundation can any man build. So should we be wondering why we seem to be living with an inner jungle? If the soil of our souls seem to be buried beneath unchecked brambles and uncontrolled wild vines, it's because we've not allowed ourselves to be brought under the control of the gardener. We simply don't want him interfering in the ground of our lives. We prefer to go our own way, carve out our own careers, do our own things, gross our grapes, to live lives lost in the brambles of self-determination and in our own stupidity and ignorance we think we can control our destiny only to discover that our lives are like a disaster area. If that seems a little bit too strong please remember that God doesn't leave us. In his mercy he does not write us off as a total loss. Over the years I've seen the mercy of God which never ceases to amaze me working in people who resist and resist and resist him. He is relentlessly kind 
and he relentlessly brings us to himself the easiest way we will come. Interestingly, Philip Keller said, He does not reward us with abuse and malignancy. If he did, where would we be? We reward ourselves with malignancy, as you've seen early, or, you know, with what's been spoken about this morning. He doesn't reward us with that. He allows it to happen to point to something. When we moved into this whole thing, we knew that God was showing us something. When you come up against a, a situation as serious as this one, you know jolly well there is an arresting. <coughs> it has to be this serious to get our attention. We need to press in. And I've been relentless, poor Joyce, in pressing in and keeping her stoked up. Because I felt if I didn't, she wouldn't apply herself to what God wanted her to apply herself to through this month of December. I want her to come out with a clean bill of health. I don't actually want her to have to go through surgery. I want it to be that, by the, that because of being prodded and poked, and, and she has been, I've prodded, I've poked her, she'll tell you. You, you know, it's not been good. But I've had things and I've said, well, what about that? How about that? How are you getting on with that? Are you doing that? You know, she can't get away from it. This is the thing in this house, that you cannot get away from the probing. <laughs> I can't get away from the probing, so why should you? <sighs> I tell you, that is such a good prayer. Deal with me ruthlessly and correct me severely is an absolutely excellent prayer to pray. Because, oh, what's the phone? It's an absolutely excellent prayer to pray because hopefully it keeps you on top of your naughtiness and your nastiness. I mean, I've been really worried about the way I felt about Michelle. I didn't know it was in me to feel like that. I've said, God, I don't want to get, I don't want to get things wrong with my boobs. I don't want my left boob going, going skewing. You know, pressure, pressure. So he comes, gently but firmly, to bring order, offering to move quietly into my soul, there to take control. He longs to be given the opportunity to govern me as my God. He's eager to bring order out of the chaos. He comes willingly to be my Lord, my Master, my Saviour, my Friend and my king and I've been listening again to Graham's soaking CD and one thing that jumped out at me on it was um, you know you're not much of a problem to me I'm so absolutely confident in my own ability to do stuff that's kept me going through the last few days I said Lord I'm confident in your ability as well I've got three intractable problems on my hands at the moment that I can't shift in the natural at all. Because my big fear was, with Ian and Val, um, that I wouldn't be able to turf this thing out either. And she'd be in just the same state, because it throws her about all over the place, pretty well all the time. And the first thing that really came out of that was they did a runner because their daughter was at home. Um, so I said you're going to have to come clean you know what is God saying here 
he's, he's saying it's no good trying to hide these things I'm the God of the universe and if I'm allowing this my people have got to stop being shielded from what's going on that's what I believe he's saying they've been to various pastors who threw up their hands in horror that such a godly lady could have a demon was totally unable to help so of course that narrows the field down to moi doesn't it and moi is between a rock and a hard place because God says nah I'm not giving you permission to do anything about it until this morning that's why I'm surprised they're not here I have permission granted to see to this thing I was also told to phone Stephen and Michelle this morning I didn't want to do it I didn't want to have to put a message on the phone because I wanted to make sure I said the right thing and I didn't want to speak to Michelle in case I got an earful not that she would though because she makes the bullets for Stephen to fire so so I rang the phone who answers it Connie <laughs> I said to the Lord is the timing critical he said no so I thought I left it till 20 to 10 him telling me at 9 o'clock <laughs> Connie answers the phone so we had a little chat she was she was the lead role in her school play so that was good I said is mummy or daddy there yeah mummy's there so I had a word with mummy and she was different last time I spoke to her she pretty well put the phone down on me and I said Stephen said something about coming over on Saturday I just wanted to know whether you want a meal or not whether you want oh well I won't be there I should be shopping okay and I don't know what his plans are okay I said don't feel under any pressure dear you know just don't put him under any pressure just let me know if you want to of course now I'm praying that she'll come as well aren't I <sighs> so that was one that was that and then there was Joyce so the three things that I've been really hard up against here over these last ten days or a fortnight bang 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 all in one go there's like a, a shifting you know sometimes all you can do is stand in the face of everything and just stand and praise him worship him adore him express your confidence that's all you can do um, kissing the hand as Graham would say that hurts because he's allowing all these things but at the same time as we as 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 time goes on I'll be able to pick out who was doing what to whom what was a demonic attack what was just um, people um, what it's been all about you know what what's been attitudes what it you need to be able to understand um, so that when you come up against it again you've got a, a, a little range of questions <laughs> that you can ask you know never just go down under the circumstance get before God as June said last night it's father I've been like this with it. I, I have not known how to pray, so I haven't. I've just sat there. I haven't known what to do. Anyway, there we are. So in all of this, there's tremendous hope. 
I am never beyond the grip of his grace. He will never stop his pursuit of me in his undying love for me. He is faithful. We are working to his agenda and not ours. And in these days he is resting from our grasp everything that we try so hard to creep a grip on and he is using our circumstances to do it. Ask him, it would be a good question, Father, am I holding on to anything? Because the painless way to do it is to be shown and say, okay, I'm letting it go. So no matter what situation you find yourself in right now, and may find yourself in in the new year, God means it for good. If you will allow him, he will teach you through it and show you himself who is mighty to save. There's no soft way to live, but there is a restful way. There is a peaceful way. It's the best way and it's his way. Like you heard with Graham there this morning, it's peace. But there are times like, I, I, I was not able to get peace no matter how hard I tried until I went aside last night and just picked up that CD and listened to it. And that, it just ministered such peace to me. And I came downstairs, they said, go and do your knitting. So I sat down and did my knitting and I put another one of Graham's soaking CDs on and I just sat there and let it soak in. So my life is a garden, your life is a garden. Is it a waste, untilled and wild, like an untaught, untrained child? Or is it good soil under the master's hand? Is my soul his own cherished land? Is it grown thick with thistles and weed? Or has it been sown with his good seed? What is the harvest that comes from this life? Goodness and love, or hatred and strife? Oh Lord, take this stony ground of mine, make it all completely thine. Only then can it ever yield the pleasant fruits of a godly field. And just finally, he would say to you as we enter this new year, come unto me and keep coming. Keep coming. That is a proceeding word. Come unto me. It's not a once for all. It's a proceeding word. All you that labour and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's Matthew 11, I think you'll find it's 28 to 30. So thank you all for your attendance, your attentiveness and your willingness. And God bless you all. Thank you for listening.